0: The free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store.
1: Coming up today on The Story.
2: Ruth all sat down and we had a coffee together and she told me all that Jesus had done for me on Calvary. And I thought, oh, oh, steel sheets, forget it, Ruth, I do not want to know. You can go and take your Christianity, but I didn't say it. I just said, oh, thank you, Ruth, see you later. But that night I sat in the bath for about an hour, and all of a sudden I thought, oh, my goodness, I stole two shillings as a child.
1: The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we have two stories for you from people who come from different parts of the world but both share a deep love for God. We'll first hear from Jean Barnes who originally was from England and now lives in Melbourne and later we'll hear a conversation Karen Hunt had with Lois Payne who's originally from Canada. We'll start off with Eric Scadabo chatting with Jean Barnes who stopped off by our Melbourne studios.
3: Jean Barnes was born in Yorkshire, England, in 1933. She's the author of the book, Miracles of Mercy and Grace, and she joins us here today to share a bit of her story and also share some of her poetry. Jean, welcome to the program.
2: It's good to come, actually. It's good to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so I'm delighted to do it.
3: Thanks for joining us today, and I understand that at 11 years old, you had a a special experience.
2: I did, indeed. Indeed. Um, not special at the time, but I I realized later it really was. Um, I used to help an old lady to do her housework. I'd been sitting on the wall and watching them dress as shire horses and with the ribbons and with the brasses, and eventually she'd invite me in and give me a biscuit, and I started doing housework for her at 11 years old. Now I just used a broom. And after working a few weeks, just here and there, I lifted up the corner of the carpets and swept the dust under, and... So
3: you literally swept the dust under, under the rug. Under the corner Sweat of the the carpet. problems under the rug, I guess you could say.
2: <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> yes. Um, we were brought up as Christians, my sister and I, and therefore you didn't steal, you didn't, you know, do those kind of things. And so... After sweeping the dust on the carpet for a few weeks, I realized there was a two-shilling piece there. Now, contrary to my nature and what I knew, I knew you didn't steal, but somehow I took that two-shilling piece.
3: So temptation got the better of you.
2: It did. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I don't know what I did with it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I stole a two-shilling piece. Now, many years after that, um, and I'm going back. I'm going many years after, I more or less I came near to a nervous breakdown, went through war years and bombings and all that kind of thing. And, um, yes, well, after we came to Australia, I nearly had a nervous breakdown. And my next-door neighbour, Ruth Dahl, and I used to talk about gardening. She was a very solid Christian. And uh, so one day she knocked on my door and she said, I've come to talk to you. And I thought, uh-uh, oh, uh oh, oh, steel sheets, Christians. I thought at that time there were a lot of hypocrites. And so I really did not want to
3: know. So even though you were raised as a Christian, mm. by this time in your life, so this time you're mm. in your 30s, you weren't feeling very warm feelings toward Christians, it sounds like.
2: I'd seen too much, I guess, with, um, oh, I won't go into details. But
3: hypocrisy but, in general? or uh,
2: Yes, in general. hmm and my parents, of course, didn't go to church, although we were sent to Sunday school. And uh, so Ruth all sat down, and we had a coffee together, and she told me all that Jesus had done for me on Calvary. Her grandfather was a street preacher, and she used to sit and listen to him. And I thought, oh, oh, steel sheets, forget it, Ruth, I do not want to know. You can go and take your Christianity, but I didn't say it. I just said, oh, thank you, Ruth, see you later. But that night I sat in the bath for about an hour and all of a sudden I thought, Oh my goodness, I stole two shillings as a child. Oh wow, my that,
3: goodness. That many years later yes. you started to feel guilty in my subconscious about that sin from your childhood.
2: Absolutely.
3: Isn't that and an I amazing I believe how God allowed that,
2: that because that brought me to a realisation I am a sinner and I need a saviour. And I simply said, okay, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. And Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I came out of that bathroom so changed. Instead of being a nervous wreck, which I was, I came out absolutely full of joy. I was radiant. And so my whole family started going to Frankston Baptist Church with me. Mm. Ruth took me initially, and uh, that was the start of my Of my walk with the Lord. Anyway, about three weeks after that, I was in a hurry. Somebody was picking me up. I was putting makeup on, having a coffee, thinking must hurry, must hurry, and all of a sudden, the words of a poem were going through my mind. And I thought, Oh my goodness me! I scribbled it down very quickly. And yes, and that was the start of my poetry writing. I'd never written a poem in my life. I'd never written a book in my life, a story or anything.
3: But these words were coming to you. The gift was there. Wow, that's fantastic.
2: Mm. And so, um, after reading in church and reading in different places and nursing homes and stuff, um, I felt that at 85, it's time to, oh, I would have been 83 then, it's time to leave a book that I can leave behind. Mm-hmm. And All so, your writings and
3: your poetry? Yes.
2: And so, I contacted Broga Publishing and uh, took some stuff down and... Mark Zocchi from Brolga said, right, we'll go with it straight away, which I was delighted. And my son did the photography for me, Steve Barnes. great work of art there. And um,
3: well, so I, here I we just have wanna, a book. Yeah, I just want to interrupt you. How fantastic is it that you didn't give up on your dream? This is something that you had always wanted to do to have your poetry written down?
2: Well, I'd never thought of doing a book.
3: Is that right? But it, No, I hadn't. But yet at at 83 at that time, you said, yes, I'm going to do it now. Yes,
2: I'd been reading Poetry on Air at Radio Easton once a month.
3: Mm -hmm, A local community radio station Mm -hmm. here on the east Mm -hmm. side of Melbourne.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I just simply thought, time to do a book. And so here we are with my book.
3: I've asked you to pick out your favorite, the one that most represents uh, what's on your heart as far as poetry goes. Mm -hmm. and So please share with us, which one have you picked out for us? I
2: picked out Miracles because the whole book is based on... Miracles of Mercy and Grace. Miracles. Some people say that miracles are never, ever seen. Well, I believe this is not so. Let me now explain. Oh, yes, I hope I will. They say there is no evidence of God's almighty love. Hope unfulfilled, a dream. No help from up above, just vain imagination. No truth futile and seen the hand of God. You must have seen those roses of every size and hue, with other flowers of every kind that bloom for me and you. Colors beyond description with perfumes rich and rare. Perfumiers cannot duplicate, although they may come near. Trees with fruit of every kind, such beauty out of earth's dark ground. Can order come from chaos or man make a newborn babe just like the child that Mary bore and in the manger laid? Can man make a wondrous sunset to hurl a perfect day or change the color of the skies hold back the sun's bright rays? Well, could it be that man can make a pair of seeing eyes that show to him the splendor of heaven's star-filled skies? Well, Good man make a sun, a moon, make an eagle soar on high, produce a miracle he has made by his own power and might, raise the dead up from the grave, a truly awesome sight? In Christ God this has done. But wonder of all wonders, and it's a miracle to me that when a woman, man, or child seek God on bended knee, the miracle of the virgin birth reveals himself, truth and a reality. Oh, miracle of miracles, one day we all shall see the Lord Jesus Christ.
3: Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the wonderful thing is that you didn't give up on writing poetry and having it published. I guess the, the moral of the story is you're never too old to share your gift.
2: No, you're not, um, Eric. Um, I just believe that, you know, everyone's got something to share. Mm -hmm. And if we can share about Jesus and lift up his name in a world that's vastly, oh, look, the way the world is going amazes me and upsets me, I guess. But the thing is, Jesus Christ is coming back. Mm -hmm. The King of kings and the Lord of lords in all his glory. What a joy.
3: Now... In interest of full disclosure, I just met you about a half hour ago. Yes. Why did you come into the studios today?
2: If there is any way, in any way I can get the gospel out, to lift up my Savior's name. I love the Lord with all my heart, and he's been so good to me. He's got me through many things during the years. It's faithful, He's true, and I came just to simply lift up my Savior's name.
3: Amen. Well, we're so thankful that you did. And I was able to meet you and quickly get you into the studio and record a bit of your story and some of your poetry.
2: Thank you so much, Eric.
1: That was Jean Barnes, who originally was from England and now lives in Melbourne. Her book of poetry is called Miracles of Mercy and Grace. And the poem she shared with us is on the first page and is simply entitled Miracles. She says she was able to recite it so well because each word comes from deep in her heart. Well, next we're going to turn our focus to Canada, where Lois Payne is from. We'll hear her story when we return. The Story... Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our second guest today is Lois Payne, who's originally from Canada. She's sharing her life journey with Karen Hunt and, as we'll hear, a spiritual retreat she attended called an Emmaus Walk had a huge impact on her life.
0: Tell us, Lois, about your early days. What was life like for you around the lakes of Ontario? Well,
4: it's really lovely because I grew up on a farm, a small dairy farm, with two older sisters and a younger brother. And because our brother was younger, then my two sisters and I often helped our dad out with the cows and in the paddocks and things. Went to a church in the country, attended Sunday school, as a teenager, was involved with our youth group, did great, lovely things. I remember, of course, I live where there's lots of snow, so at winter time and before Christmas, we did carol singing, sleigh rides, hay rides in the summer. So all of those things, I really, was a great time mm. growing up. What would be your best childhood memory of all? I guess it would have been as a teenager, doing those things, yeah. you know. And being, I remember going to Sunday school, we always had a church concert, had a school concert too before Christmas. All of those lovely things, I think, as a community, as a small community, being part of that community. And my mother, she was the one that made sure we got to Sunday school and church, more so than my dad.
0: So obviously faith was very important to your family. It was a part of the culture, Yeah. Part of the culture, yes. God bless mothers, hey? Yes, very much so, yes. (laughs) And your dad, was he involved with you
4: guys to a degree or did he kind of stay on the sidelines? I guess to a certain degree. Dad worked hard on the farm. It wasn't easy. It was a small farm, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't, I guess, because he didn't, um, like my brother's 10 years younger than I. So as I went off into nursing school, then my brother was only seven at that time so of course wasn't, but Dad was hard working but of course he would attend church on the special occasions and go to the school things but always came to our Christmas concert at the church and such.
0: So you just mentioned you went off into nursing. Were you always a nurturer? Were you always a carer? I mean currently you're here in Australia working with home and community care but when you were 17 as you said, was that a key part of your makeup?
4: I guess I must have been. It wasn't till my last year of high schooled when I had a dear friend that talked about going into nursing and I thought, I think I'd like to do that. It's funny how where God was leading me in a quiet own way and that's how I came to be a nurse and truly love that profession and have really enjoyed my nursing years. So did you originally work within your local area? Well, I went to be 30 miles at that time To scoop with training Which was in a hospital And when I finished my training After three years I went 30 miles the other way To a much bigger hospital And mm-hmm. worked there for six years So yes, I didn't work In our own little hospital, no Okay, so once those six years were up
0: what happened? Where did, where did life take you?
4: Well, I had a good friend who had done a bit of travelling. as a, She was a teacher, so she had some contacts in New Zealand. So we And I had one contact here in Australia, in Sydney. She lived in our community, just kind of on the, near our community area. So we decided we'd come travelling for a year to New Zealand and then into Australia. Uh-huh, just for one year, hey? Yeah, That's the plan. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> just probably two or three months before, As we arrived in Australia, my friend Betty um, knew that she was going to head home. Her sister um, had announced um, she was engaged and getting married, so Betty would go home for that. Mm -hmm. And about the same time, I met my Uh husband-to-be. Was that New Zealand or was that in Australia? In Australia, up in the north, in the Tablelands here in North Queensland. So you met him in your current local area? Yes, the Because in the hindsight of all of that, I forgot that I had one other contact and she lived, she was a nurse that I, when I did my mental health training, I met up with Grace who was working at that mental hospital. She was older than I. So when we came traveling, her parents said, you must go see Grace. And she lived in a really small little place called Mount Surprise way Mm. west of here. And my husband had taught at the school. He was a uh, supply teacher they filled in and yeah. so yes, Grace was the person that I met. That's who I, I met, my husband. Well
0: God bless Grace and I love these meeting stories. Tell <laughs> us of the surprise and how you <laughs> met your man. Come on, do share. Uh,
4: well, see we were um, Grace was working her partner at the time, and who Mm -hmm. then she married, they um, owned the pub, the hotel, (laughs) nothing to do with pub life, nothing to do with hotels at all in Canada, I'll tell you. So this is is the
0: pub in Mount Surprise, Far
4: North Queensland, (laughs) okay. So John and a couple of friends, it was, um, well, Queen's birthday weekend, Um, came Ah. through travelling, and... um, were coming through and heading to right through to Corumba to the coast, and um, so Betty and I thought, well, they offered to take us. We thought, well, it's the only way we're going to see this part of the country. So (laughs) off we went for the weekend, and yeah, that was the beginning.
0: So how long did it take for you guys to kind of, you know, hook up and realize that, yeah, we we really want to get married and and spend our life together?
4: Well, I guess at the end of that year, Mm -hmm. I think um, we became engaged and got married in Canada. Um, We had a Christmas wedding, December 27, 1975.
0: Did you stay and live there for a time, or that was uh, just to go home to the the mother town and, and show him off to the family?
4: John had long service leave. Mm -hmm. So now when I think of it, we were there then. We went home like mid-December when the school year finished and had to return. I think the school terms were different then. So we were back, I guess, around Easter time, if I remember. So we we were there for three months because John had long service leave.
0: Ah, So he was a teacher. You were
4: a nurse. You came back to Australia. Within that um, next year, we were... um, our first child and we had a little boy we were at a John was at a a principal then at a small school up here in the north and then like within two years We moved to another small school And had our second child And then the third move Was where we had our third child At Flying Fish Point Point. I guess I decided We better stop moving So we'd have <laughs> no more children
0: <laughs> So country schools are involved Three children came along So you're a wife You're a mother of three Had you been nursing in that time frame Or was it a little while no. Before you returned to
4: nursing? No, it wasn't till uh, My youngest was just and I think she was four mm-hmm. when I decided to go back and do, try to get back doing casual work because we talked again then about going back to Canada for another. By then, John had more long service leave mm-hmm. and could take a leave. So, to help finance that, that's when I started back here at the Innisfail Hospital, which is near Flying Fish Point.
0: Lois Payne is my guest, beautiful Canadian Australian. She's living in Flying Fish Point. Far North Queensland. Now she came out to Australia in like the mid-70s, married an Aussie. He was a teacher, she was a nurse. Lois... In your individual professions and having three young children by this stage in your journey everyone goes through seasons of hardship at some time can you give us a little bit of an outline what was going on in your world when the challenges came and where was God in the picture in those early years of motherhood
4: I gathered God to me and my sight when I look at it was always there but I guess I wasn't didn't recognize that yes, we ended up with certain challenges in our marriage. Um, Alcohol proved a problem with my husband. Um, But we still kept with our children, but it, it came to be a really rough time. And I guess God put me at my lowest and I found God and accepted Him and was born again. So how was that different to when
0: you were describing earlier, being in Canada, growing up in the Sunday school and in the church and the youth group, what was the difference? I guess the difference is,
4: he's, he's real you know, before I knew he was a god and I knew there is a god, mm-hmm. but suddenly he was very much part of me and I think that's where the difference was and what I've realize that it isn't just about knowing there is a God, it's about putting God in your heart and that's what I did in 2005. So tell me, was there a Christian community
0: of people you were placed amidst or was this your own personal revelation?
4: How did this come about? No, I had started to attend our church, Mm -hmm. met some really good friends and heard about the Emmaus Walk and That's where I discovered God was leaving me to, so a women's walk I went on for three days and at the end of three days I was reborn again and God was in my heart.
0: So for those who've never heard of an Emmaus walk, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what that is? How does it work?
4: Well, we you go on a Thursday evening um, through till late Sunday afternoon, but It's just such a special time. I remember the first evening we went after we had a little small church service, communion. We weren't able to talk. It turned out to be just being well and truly spoiled by Christian people, people that I gathered were very much in love with God and knew God, but um, that was very different for me by the end of it. But it was such a special time to realize that people cared for you, spoiled you, and Yes, it was beautiful.
0: So is this an organisation, a movement? Can anyone in Australia have access to an Emmaus walk as such?
4: Yes, it's a movement. There's a men's walk and a women's walk, which I do believe started, might have been in the United States, but I wonder if it's originally to do with being for some reason. I'm not complete background Mm -hmm. but it certainly is across America and it's certainly across Australia and different areas. So having
0: gone on this experience for yourself, going home then how did that impact your home life
4: and your family? Well I guess it's certainly different for me. My husband's always is um, was brought up as a Catholic, but certainly um, as not a believer or Christian, but he's certainly not against um, me being very involved, in it certainly just gave me the strength to know that someone was there caring for me, which was God, um, and it certainly has made a whole difference in how I've lived and how I've looked at things, and yes. Been my strength mm-hmm. in all those um, turmoil times, and even there were still more turmoil times ahead in our marriage. And but God's been with me the whole time. So, this
0: is like you know almost 10 years ago. Were your children living at home at this stage?
4: No, my son could have been. My one daughter definitely had not. She had gone off to university, was um, traveling, and that daughter lives in. Sydney now works there. Both my son and daughter I've got in this area. So my daughter knows she would have been in the town. They're both close areas, but not at home.
0: So for yourself, you hooked in, you're involved there with the Uniting Church locally. So family for
4: you became the Christian community there of that church? Yes, it did. Very, very much so. And um, I've been an elder. I'm not now, but I was for five years. I'm still involved in the Emmaus Women's Walk, and I'm again this year have been asked to be a table leader, and I'm involved. This is the second time. They have people that go and help the dining room staff and that, and I've done that for a few years. Mm-hmm. I've got my dear good friend that really led me to the Lord in many ways. We go down to the song. Um, con- women's conference, you know, color, yeah. in March. Um, mm-hmm. Get involved with that. And I guess the other person that's really walked with me is my sister, who's a Christian before me. And even at times when she, when I was going through some hard times, we have always a closer. To, you know, she used to try to say, "You must turn to God. You know, He's your lifeline. You need to tie a, a knot in that rope." Until I came a Christian. I now know what she means. And and we share a beautiful time. Um, I go go home to Canada and even on the phone. um, Yeah, it's it's just great to have my one sister that is a true believer. What a blessing you are, Lois. Thank you very
1: much for that, Karen.
0: God bless. Wish you well. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: That was Lois Payne, who's originally from Canada, sharing her life story with Karen Hunt. She mentioned that she came to the Lord after going on something called an Emmaus walk. To find out more about this ministry that Lois is still involved in, their website is emmaus.org.au. That's emmaus.org.au. Before Lois, we heard from Jean Barnes, who's originally from England. Her book of poetry is called Miracles of Mercy and Grace. It was great to hear from two people today from different parts of the world, but both sharing a deep love for God. Well, thanks for joining us for Lois and Jean's stories. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
4: While I was over in Bali doing a a three-week mission, I just uh, really was challenged by that uh, verse, um, when you put to the hands of the plough you shouldn't look back and so um, I was challenged and when I came home from that mission I just said you know I'm going to close up my practice and go to YWAM and uh, serve the Lord uh, full time and so I did.
1: James Taylor has always had one constant theme going throughout his life and that is his desire to serve the Lord and make himself available to various ministries. Whether it was full-time with Youth With A Mission or part-time while he worked as an engineer, James has always had a servant's heart. We'll find out his story next time. The Story,
3: just another way vision is connecting faith to life.